Blog Talk Radio.
It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio. See the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Symbol Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. And welcome back to The Balance. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. It is Saturday morning. Let's jump right into this. Uh, joining us now, I believe, are you, are you at home in Dallas? Uh, Grant, Grant Ossoff joins us. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Are are you in are you back at school in Arizona or are you at home in Dallas? Where are you at? I'm I'm in the Dallas Fort Worth area. I go back for school mid August. Oh, there you go. You got a little bit of time left then, yeah. Soaking up the rays, that's for sure. Happy Fourth of July weekend to you. Well, let's get into this talk. Uh certainly uh We'll, we'll, we'll kind of just uh, no particular order, but certainly some of the news that broke this week. We saw Paul George uh, opting out there at Oklahoma City, and we saw LeBron James, no surprise there, opting out at um, Cleveland. Uh, certainly uh, a lot of conversations to be going on about the NBA free agency. So before we get in, into it, these individual players, go ahead and talk with us about what we can expect in 2018 free agency for the NBA. Well, I think uh, something that's that's interesting to think about is uh, last night on ESPN, Adrian Wojnarowski was kind of saying how uh, since the the you know the spending has been so bad from teams in the last few seasons, the free agency period could stretch out for like quite a bit longer than what what it normally does, and the deals are probably going to be quite a bit less. So I think you know it'll be uh it'll be kind of a slow. Uh, slow process outside of those like uh you know LeBron James, Paul George type of guys. 
Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, the free agents that really can sign wherever they want as soon as LeBron James makes his decision. Uh, let's face it, when LeBron James makes his announcement, wherever that might be, all the dominoes are going to fall. So the first domino to fall will be LeBron James. So let's uh, talk about his possibilities. Pretty much he could go wherever he wants. Um, so I, I think Houston's – I think well, every every team could – technically be in play if you will but let's uh, talk realistically about the teams that are in play la everybody knows about that houston i think there there might be the option that even though he opted out and decided to, to look into free agency maybe he decides to stay uh with uh cleveland what are some uh we're, we're also hearing about houston as well so uh let's talk about lebron james where's he going to land what's his possibilities what's your gut feeling what do you think we can can look for uh from lebron james I think he'll end up going to the Lakers, and I think um, based off what I've been seeing, it seems like it's kind of narrowed down because he opted uh, out, and it makes it logistically harder to end up being dealt to a team, you know, like the Houston Rockets, who, you know, have a lot of salary spending already. I think it would be, um, you know, Los Angeles Lakers, number one, and then, like, Cleveland Cavaliers, two, and then uh, Philadelphia 76ers with lower odds than the other two. So, um, I lost my place. I lost my place. Uh, let's talk about some of the other free agents. So just go ahead and let's, uh, let's, uh, t- let's talk about Paul George. Go right ahead. Um, are we, are we starting to see the formation of a super team out in LA? I think you, you could, I think, um, None of those guys want to be the first one to go without knowing that the other one is going. So, you know, it's an interesting situation. I think uh, – because I I personally think that – this kind of sounds funny, but uh, it seems like ESPN has been building up the the chance of uh, Paul George returning to Oklahoma City, and uh, they're also running a three-part documentary for Paul George – you know, I, I kind of feel like he's going to go to the Lakers, but it's being built up as if there's a uh, false chance that he'll come back so people will watch the um, the documentary. So I, I think he'll end up, you know, I think LeBron and Paul George will end up going there. I just think uh, it's kind of funny how, you know, when you think about it, um, I, the, you know, George was, uh, you know, his, his people were found guilty of tampering to go to the Lakers. You know, like, I, I just don't think that he's not going to go. You don't think that Paul George will go to the Lakers, or you don't think that he won't go to the Lakers? Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I didn't make that clear. I was saying uh, I don't think there's a chance that he uh, he won't go to the Lakers. I just I, – I think it's kind of like being built up, you know, like the odds of him returning to Oklahoma City, kind of like on a false premise, I feel like. Well, we're talking with Grant Ostiff. Uh, obviously, he's in college studying uh, uh, sports uh, media and sports communication. We always like to have him on. He, he writes uh, uh, for the Pacers, and, and uh, of course, uh, the, uh, he has a spot with the Kokomo uh, 
Tribune, I, w- I believe, with the Pacers as well. Certainly very knowledgeable on the NBA, so I'd like to talk with him uh, certainly during the NBA season. So we get into this crazy season, if you will, with the NBA uh, free agencies. And, you know, like I said, things are starting to get crazy. Uh, so we got LeBron James, Paul George. Here's the other one that everybody's talking about. It could be that other big domino to the Lakers, and that's quite Qu- 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 Leonard. I'm sorry, I can't talk today. It's only Saturday. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about Leonard and how he fits into this mix of this triangle headed to, to L.A., possibly anyway. I think it's kind of an interesting situation to look at because obviously, you know, it's kind of like how Indiana was last summer. They didn't, you know, Paul George wanted to go to the Lakers. You know, they didn't want to send him to where he wanted to go, and they didn't want to send him to the same conference. But I feel like the the Spurs are kind of in a tough spot because of how restricted a lot of the teams are around the league with their spending, and it just doesn't make sense to make that kind of a risk, especially when they have seen how when you make that kind of risk with that sort of trade, seeing how Paul George will probably end up with the Lakers after one year. I think, um, you know, the second that, uh, you know, LeBron James or Paul George goes to the Lakers, I feel like the leverage for the Spurs drop. I mean, yeah, the Spurs drops because there's no longer this urgency to for the Lakers to have to trade for Kawhi Leonard in order to draw those guys in. So I feel like if they can just get one of them at least to come in, then that lowers the price. And then I think it makes that situation more in play for it to, you know, happen. Well, certainly we'll see what happens with the Holy Trinity, if you will, uh, LeBron James, Paul George, and Leonard, because uh, certainly that's kind of going to be the, the driving ship, and we'll see how all of that plays out together. But believe it or not, I know this is hard to believe, Grant, but there are other players inside the NBA. Uh, we, we saw this week uh, from, the New York, <laughs> from the New York Times article uh, that the Warriors will make a run at DeAndre. Thoughts? DeAndre Jordan. You know, I think it's tough to see them being able to, you know, like you hear all this talk of like uh, them having like potential financial issues down the line, keeping their core together. And then you see them uh, potentially adding to that. I don't know, like, I I don't know if it would be for like multiple years or what, or if it would just be for the mid-level exception. But, uh, you know, maybe the center market probably isn't, isn't too great, you know, out there. So maybe DeAndre – is looking for one year and then uh, to hit the open market next summer when more teams have salary cap spending. You know, I, I kind of don't, don't, don't blame them. If you're already, you know, had a, had a pretty big deal earlier, you know, might as well just go out and get the ring, I guess. Well, absolutely. And so here's the thing about the Warriors. The Warriors are going to do what the Warriors do. And really, until they prove us otherwise, they are the best team in the NBA. Uh, The Mavericks declined Dirk's option and will uh, will, uh, 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 renegotiate, I'm sorry, sorry, immediately after DeAndre Jordan made his decision to opt out of his contract with the Clippers and became a free agent. The Mavericks and Dirk Dorsky reportedly agreed to exercise his $5 million uh, team option for next season. He's in Dirk, and the Mavericks will renegotiate a new deal for 2018-19, uh, which will be uh, no. They get, I'm sorry, 21st NBA season thought. You know, I think he's definitely coming back. I think uh, you know he's he's had so much, uh, so many good years with that team, and I, I think I saw that you know it was just a, a move made 
in order for him to create cap space for the Mavericks, I feel like. That's what it was. Well, let's talk a little bit about the big news from the Pacers. Uh, obviously, they decided that they won't be bringing back Lance Stevenson uh, for his option. That puts Lance Stevenson on the free agency block. First of all, I don't know that a lot of fans are really surprised. I don't think that Lance Stevenson uh, – I, I guess what I'm trying to say is it, it was clearly a business decision made uh, by Pritchard and the Pacers organization, and I think it was probably a good business decision for them. Maybe not the most popular fan decision, uh, but certainly I think a decision that needed to be made uh, that the Pacers won't pick, uh, bring back Lance Stevenson uh, this coming up here. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, he's a, he's a very entertaining player. But at the end of the day, he's also, you know, he's he's not as effective as he could be because the way, you know, the the reason why people, you know, a lot of people love him is because of what kind of makes him ineffective in a way. It's kind of like a double-edged sword being so, uh, you know, doing a lot of like crazy stuff on the court, you know, making some reckless passes and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes, you know, it really works out. Sometimes it really doesn't. And you, you don't want, you know, like that kind of inconsistency when you're, uh, you know, you're playing in the playoffs, you know, because if you, you, you know, you don't, you don't want to go up against LeBron James, have LeBron, um, you know, attack Lance, score, and then Lance try to one up him, and then you waste the possession. I think it was, it, it's a good move. I feel like they needed more perimeter shooting in general, anyways, and Lance isn't much of a perimeter shooter, so you know, you can definitely upgrade spots here and there with three point shooting. It'll help your team and. Uh, I also think um, it's going to be interesting to see what his market is like. I think he's probably going to have to sign for a very cheap contract, but I think I'm more so interested to see like what type of teams are going to be looking at him this summer. Cause I, I don't really, I can't really think of a whole lot of teams that, that, you know, should be interested. Grant, uh, Grant, now are you at Arizona state or the other Arizona university, university of Arizona, uh, Arizona or Arizona state? state? Okay, always get that confused. We're joined by Grant Ossoff, who's uh, uh, studying. Now, are you studying sports uh, uh, marketing, uh, sports uh, uh, journalism? What, what's your actual major there? Uh, sports and media studies at the business school. Great, fantastic. Well, certainly uh, Grant's going to be up and coming, and he's going to be uh, one of the, the big media players uh, sometime in, 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 the, in the near future. Uh, no doubt about that. So the Spurs say, hey, you know, we don't want any part of uh, the Lakers' balls, LOL. <laughs> I almost literally said LOL, you know, because I, you know, anyway. Wait, I digress. <laughs> uh, but the Spurs don't want any part of Lonzo Ball, which was part of a thought pattern that, that the Lakers would trade Ball and part of a way to, to get Quarry Leonard uh, to the Lakers. And I do not know why I cannot talk today on a Saturday morning, but it is what it is. So Lonzo Ball, if they're going to make this uh, mega team with Jordan, Leonard, and, and uh, uh, James at the Lakers, he's going to have to leave the Lakers. Where does he go? I think, um, you know, I think probably for um, the Lakers, I think it more so would probably end up being, you know, using Brandon Ingram, I think, or, you know, to get Leonard. I think um, I think that's what I've been, been seeing is, like, uh, you know, they're, they're most interested in him. And uh, also Lonzo, you know, tearing that, that meniscus, I believe is what it was, that kind of makes it, you know, you know, tough to put him on the table. I don't think uh, – 
I think that's just enough to make him not be included in those sort of talks. So let's uh, let's play a monkey in the wrench here. There are other players out there. The Philadelphia 76ers say, hey, uh, trust the process. Part of their process, they want to bring Leonard uh, to the 76ers. So thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that would be a great fit because, you know, they, they need more, more wing help out there. I think, you know, it's it's it was kind of tough whenever, you know, watching the playoffs because, you know, they had like J.J. Redick and Marco Bellinelli on the wing sometimes. And, you know, there were non-factors with, you know, how, um, you know, they're not the best of defenders. So, you know, going from uh, being able to have those types of players out there and then to replace it with Kawhi Leonard and then, you know, have a lineup with, uh, you know, Robert Covington out there as well on the wing. Yeah, I think I think that would be a very interesting team. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Sacramento Kings. Uh, you know, they have plenty of, uh, of cap room. And uh, Casey Johnson uh, of the Chicago Tribune says that uh, they may want to go after Bulls free, uh, restricted free agent Zach Levine. Uh, Levine was part of that deal that sent Jimmy Butler uh, to Minnesota, uh, but was limited last season after recovering from an ACL injury. Thoughts? I don't really know um, why why they'd be interested in pursuing him. You know, it's, it's kind of weird to think about because they already have Bogdan Bogdanovich who had a pretty good season, and uh, he's you know he's basically the size of a shooting guard. You know, 205 pounds. You don't want him playing small forward enough. And then uh, you also have Buddy Heald on there. You know, I, it's just kind of a weird uh, weird thing. Like there must be some sort of a bigger plan I would imagine in place there if they were to, you know, successfully land him. Or maybe they're just trying to drive up prices for restricted free agents around the league, like, you know, how Brooklyn has been doing the last few seasons by putting out, like, ridiculous offer sheets on guys. And uh, actually, Sacramento did that with Otto Porter, so maybe, you know, they're trying to do that again. So, uh, Ings Cainter of the Knicks, uh, uh, ESPN's uh, Ian Bagley uh, reports that uh, uh, Cantor is going to probably opt in with the Knicks at $18.6 million. Thoughts on that free agency? I think that's a smart business move. There's just really not a whole lot of uh, money out there for the center center position right now with um, a lot of teams already have centers and the teams that have money don't really need a center. And, uh, you know, the way their, their timelines are for their teams, they're not really in need of, you know, spending on some of those uh, th- those types of players, especially uh, those those that don't um, aren't necessarily the best of defensive players either. So let's talk again about the Pacers. Uh, you know, I, I think when you got a guy like Leonard that's uh, available to come to uh, a team, I think. If you're Pritchard, you've at least got to look at the opportunity. They've got more than $20 million in, 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 in salary cap space. I know they also may want to go after Aaron Gordon, but do you think that the Pacers would be in play for a guy like Kawhi Leonard? I don't think they would because I, I think they, you know, it's tough whenever you were on the the opposite end of that type of a trade last year with Paul George where you um, – you know, you giving up things to get the guy that wants to go to Los Angeles would kind of be an interesting turn of events when you gave up the guy that wanted to go to Los Angeles. I, I just think it'd be it's too much of a direct learning experience for them. But uh, it would be interesting because 
you know, they have a lot of guys who have expiring contracts after this upcoming season. And if if you don't really want to bring them back per se, you know, like, like you know, great odds of giving them a contract extension, then you might as well just put them together and, you know, see what you can do with Kawhi Leonard. I guess if, if you can kind of stack up with other offers, I think it will be tough if you were in a theoretical situation, if you were trying to like make a, make an offer for Leonard, because you don't really want to include something that you view as a long-term piece. So I wouldn't really include, you know, like Turner or Sabonis, because we also don't even know the health situation of Leonard either. You know, I think it would probably be tough to compare with, uh, you know, teams like Boston, the Lakers, because they have guys like Brandon Ingram to throw in there. And then, um, you know, even Philadelphia has some good stuff to offer. So I think it'd be good in theory. It's, it's just tough to pull off and have it be, you know, logical for, you know, a risk in case it doesn't pan out. So let's kind of just go through the uh, NBA uh, free agent tracker, if you will. Give me just a second here. Uh, so let's just kind of go through those. Now, first of all, how much persuasion – if you will, does Magic Johnson still have in the NBA? How relative is Magic Johnson in the NBA? Hi, I'm Magic Johnson. I can pay you millions of dollars. Come to L.A. I mean, do players come to the Lakers because of Magic Johnson? Does Magic Johnson have the ability to persuade players to come to the Lakers? I think he has some influence. I know he for sure does for Paul George. I remember actually, and it's kind of funny, like seeing uh, last uh, trade trade deadline, they were saying, uh, you know, Paul George is a huge Magic Johnson fan, and one of the actual influencing factors of his decision to want to go to Los Angeles, like, you know, um, around that January, February time last year when that news came out, you know, about him wanting to go to L.A. was actually because they named him their president of basketball operations. So I guess it does for some guys. But I don't know if it has, like, like enough of an influence to be like, hey, I'm just because I imagine Johnson come, come to L.A. I think it's more like he's got a, you know, a really good situation to be able to pitch, like, like a destination spot, like uh, being in Los Angeles. I don't think he would have the appeal if he were to pitch, you know, let's say from like a, like a Utah or an Indiana type of uh, standpoint. So let's go through some of these uh, free agents uh, that are on the ticker here, if you will. We've talked about LeBron James, and we'll continue to talk about LeBron James until he decides what to do. Does Kevin Durant stay with the Warriors? I think he definitely stays with the Warriors. I think it's it's too good of a situation to you know to leave. It's crazy to think that you can uh, basically go to a team where uh, you don't really have much fear of losing out on a on a championship for like three to five years at least. So I, I don't think he, he'll, he'll leave there. So we talked about uh, Paul George. Chris Paul, what are your thoughts? I think uh, Chris Paul sticks around in Houston. I think the real, uh, real thing to watch is how long of a contract they end up giving him because, you know, he, he'll, he could be like 38 years old getting paid around like $40 million per, you know, like in that season at like 38 or so. So I think, uh, I think that's more so the thing to, to watch. I think also, uh, for, um, George, I think it's mostly, uh, 
whether he stays in Oklahoma City or um, you know LA, I think uh, it's mostly LA for for what I'm seeing. Houston uh, center uh, teammate uh, to Chris Paul, uh, also free agent, and that's uh, uh, Clint Capella. Man, I'm just going to stop talking today, Grant. Uh, What are your thoughts on on Clint? Where's he go? That's a really interesting uh, thing to think about, like his free agency, because a lot of the teams that could use a young center kind of already got one. Uh, You know, the Phoenix Suns were a really good example. You know, they draft DeAndre out of Arizona. And uh, they were a team that people were thinking could offer, you know, a significant contract. And then you have the Dallas Mavericks. If they do indeed land um, DeAndre Jordan, then obviously they wouldn't need a center. But um, I think if Jordan goes elsewhere, then that kind of saves the center market for for guys like Capella, since it would make sense for them to target and they have the money to do so. But, uh, you know, overall, I think he'll be back in Houston. I think uh, they really value him, and they'll match pretty much any offer that he gets. You know, we were talking about centers, and, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, uh, he's another one that's on, on, the, on the tracker that people are looking at. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts uh, with him? That's a really unfortunate um, free agency for him, I feel like it's going to be because I don't think a whole lot of teams are going to want to pay to have, you know, to see if he can come back from that Achilles injury when the uh, salary cap spending is so, uh, you know, so, so precious and sacred now with how, uh, you know, how bad teams have been uh, blowing their money recently. And I think that's what I was seeing as well, like from, from some reporters saying, you know, um, New Orleans is looking to bring him back, you know, on a one-year deal but I don't think they're gonna. I don't think teams are gonna pay him nearly as much as what uh, what many people are probably thinking that he should get. So, knowing that Leonard is out of play for the Pacers, and knowing that the Pacers need a, a, a good uh, forward, if you will, to really kind of complete what they put together last year uh, uh, with Victor Owen Depot and uh, the, the whole team over there at the Pacers. I would think that Pritchard and the Pacers organization really make a heavy run after Aaron Gordon, and do they have what it takes to bring him to town? Again, remember, they have $20 million in cap space. Yeah, they can, uh, they can if they uh, do a variety of things, like renounce the cap holds of, like, Lance Stevenson, um, Leonard Robinson III, and, uh, you know, a couple – all their basically all their free agents that they have heading, hitting the market – and waive uh, Jefferson and use the stretch provision, they can get like up to $22.2 million in, in cap space. And I think that's enough to submit an offer. But I also think the Phoenix Suns could be, you know, looking to, to submit a big offer as well. And Orlando, I think they'll end up matching the offers that he gets. But I, I, originally I thought it was kind of like a, you know, a sure thing that they would match those offers. But Zach Lowe of ESPN, he he was writing actually like you know that that same night that Thaddeus Young opted into his contract and you know earlier in the, that day it was reported that Indiana was going to be interested in Gordon. He still wrote after you know like a few hours after saying that despite um, Young you know opting in, he still thinks that uh, Indiana could be you know targeting Gordon. And I uh, also you know he was saying um, that it's not a surefire thing that uh, Orlando is going to match offers because. Gordon has had some troubles buying in and not, um, you know, wanting to play within the flow of the offense 
because he wants to be a playmaker, and there's, you know, kind of like growing uh, concerns about that with Orlando. So, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, but I do think they end up matching offers that he gets. Well, with Paul George having a big interest in the Lakers, I would think that uh, I would think that Julius Randle has no interest in being a Lakers. So where where does he go? I think he could end up on a team like the Brooklyn Nets, who have you know the salary cap space, and they they could use um, you know a player of his his skill set and give him the opportunity to you know be more of a focus of a team and really. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what type of contract he signs because he's kind of like he, he's statistically best at the center spot, but he's not big enough to truly be a like a full time center. So it'll, it'll be kind of, and a lot of teams they want to stretch four, right? You know, they they don't want they don't want to have a power forward who kind of clogs that lane whenever they're running you know their high pick and roll oriented offenses with their center as a screener. So it'll, it'll be pretty interesting to see. I think he'll end up on a team that's kind of like random, who uh, you know is taking advantage of the market not being great and taking advantage of the fact that the Lakers probably won't be able to bring him back and will be preoccupied trying to get star players. Well, you've got to be happy with the, the season from the Boston Celtics and Brad Stevens, what he was able to do uh, w- without Gordon Hayward. This coming up year, they've got Gordon Hayward back. Um, so... Marcus Smart is uh, a free agent. Does he stay with the Celtics, or does he uh, venture on down the road, if you will? I think um, if he gets an offer like the like twelve to fourteen million range that he's thinking, I think it'll be tough for Boston to want to match that. And I don't think they actually can match an offer. Like, you know, that, like like there's a certain threshold in which they, they can actually match from a financial standpoint. So I, I think if he if he can manage to get an offer, you know, like that, I think he'll he'll be gone. And um, it's just the, the you know the tough reality of having you know so many so many draft picks doing so well in trades with um, you know like adding all those draft assets and then also being able to uh, you know sign guys like Al Horford and Gordon Hayward in free agency. You know you just don't you can't keep everybody. And I think. Uh, He's probably one of the one of the guys that that they won't be able to keep. Well, and you know we were talking about Gordon Hayward, and he's coming back from his uh, injury that he was out all season last year, obviously with that broken leg. What what? How do we think that he's going to come back? Is he going to be better than what he was before? The same, or unfortunately, a lot of times when people come back from an injury where they've not played all year long, we've seen it play out with Andrew Luck that it's just a process, and so I don't know how uh, how much they're going to have him involved at the first part of the season, I would think that we would not see a lot of Gordon Hayward till after the, the all-star break of next year. Thoughts? I think it'll be an interesting, you know, uh, situation because Hayward, he didn't really have a clean break, you know, like uh, people compare those, those leg injuries to Paul George and he, he had a clean break. And I think that made it easier for him to kind of come back and be a better player than he was before. And uh, it'll, it'll be it'll be kind of a you know interesting thing to watch to see how impactful athletically he'll be coming back. I don't think I have concerns about it at all, but um, you know I, it's not a sure sure thing I would imagine because tough to come back from those sort of things. You know, like whenever it's not clean, and um, I, they have so many wing players too with Tatum and Brown 
that they can ease him in. And uh, I think that's probably what they'll end up doing. Because if you remember back to when Paul George came back, he uh, he had that really hot month of November, and uh, then he like he dropped dropped off. And the trainers and a team was saying, uh, you know, he just physically couldn't sustain that level of play over the course of the season because you know coming back from injury, it's, it's really tough. It was mostly you know like the the feeling of being back, like you know like uh, that was driving him through, and then he kind of felt a crash. So uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I think they'll probably reasonably ease him along but he'll still be an impact player for him. Well, Grant, uh, we've got to take a break. Uh, we're standing by for Ed Kratz uh, to talk some NFL. Uh, so he's not quite come on yet. So do you want to stick around and talk a little, uh, a little bit more? And I say that as he pops on right now. You're more than welcome to stick around and talk some NFL with us if you want. Well, I think I'll probably have to uh, get to work on some NBA free agency uh, content before it all goes down. So uh, I appreciate okay. it, but I'll probably have to drop off. All right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. Grant Alsip uh, joins us, uh, obviously calling us from Dallas-Fort Worth area uh, where he resides, but he's in college at Arizona State uh, started, uh, studying uh, sports media, uh, and he wants to be one of us. I, I don't know why that is. I don't know why, why that curse has come upon him, but we appreciate you coming on, uh, Grant, and you have yourself a good fourth. <laughs> you too. Thanks for having me. Grant Austin, always uh, good to have a young and up inspiring uh, writers and and uh, people that want to get into the sports media, and especially someone that's as knowledgeable about the NBA that he will be. So he'll be a beat writer for some team in the near future. My name is Tom Marcus El Presidente. Be right back with Ed Kratz. We're going to be talking about what's going on in the NFL. Yep, we had some NFL news this week. <laughs> Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like, early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. 
Shop the Symbol Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. My name's Tom, Mike Marcel, President One hour in the books, and I tell you what, well, we got a little bit of a late start today, but that nonetheless, appreciate Grant Alsef joining us, talking to us a little bit about uh, the NBA draft and LeBron James Watch 2018. We'll see what's going on with us. But we got a lot to talk about in the NFL uh, this week. Uh, joining us now, Ed Kratz, our official NFL contributor, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles uh, for USA Today, and our executive producer on vacation, taking time out of his big 4th of July picnic that he's got going on to give us a call as well. How you doing, Ed? Hey, good, Tom. How you doing? Happy holiday weekend to you. Yes, 4th of July is here. Well, not here. It'll be here Wednesday. Uh, some people may have to work uh, tomorrow and Tuesday, but nonetheless, uh, we have a day off in the middle of the week. You can't uh, complain about that. And, Rick, I know uh, you're, you're busy. you got a lot of stuff going on. you got a lot of butts in the fire. Ha, ha, ha. How are you, sir? Hey, pretty good. Busy day. Hope you can make it down here, Tom. Hope you don't get hung up in the traffic north of Bloomington in that construction. I don't even think it's a three-hour drive mm-hmm. anymore You know, with 69 installed, so hopefully you can come down. It's going to be a great time. Bring your swim trunks, man. we got a 100-foot-long redneck water slide. Cannonball! I'm, I'm literally going to try to <laughs> try to get down there. Like it's, it's 100 degrees here as well, and you mentioned the traffic in Bloomington, but I'm going to try to get down there. Uh, I know I've got a few oh. hours to get down there, so I'm going to try, try, hey, try quick, my hey, best hey, to get down say, there. Uh, say, uh, good, hey, good morning, Ed. I just want to get thought out there, too. <laughs> How you doing, Ed? <laughs> hey, hey, Rick, wish I could join you on that uh 
hillbilly water slide or whatever you called it, redneck. Oh, right. Water slide. <laughs> yeah, sounds like sounds like a good time. Oh, it's man, great. you you've not. <laughs> You, you've not seen Redneck till you get down in, in Rick's uh, neck of the woods. I'll just leave it at that. No, I'll just kid. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I used to live in West Virginia. I used to live in West Virginia, and I love the people of West Virginia, but, uh, you know, there, there are a few rednecks in that state as well. Uh, they're crazier than what oh, we yeah. are here in Southern Indiana. They, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, hey uh, Rick, do you got any uh, world-famous uh, moonshine down there? Uh, you know, honestly, you know, I'll say it's on the air. I do, I do actually have some shine that we're going to get out today. I mean, you know, it's at my house. I don't have to go anywhere, so I'm pretty much just going to drink my face off today and blow stuff up. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that sounds like a great time. <laughs> famous, famous, famous last words. <laughs> right. So uh, let's get into Hold this. my beer. Let's get. <laughs> All right, let's get into this, guys. Uh, uh, certainly uh, one of the biggest news uh, today, Jameis Winston. Now, uh, Ed, we'll start with you about this. First of all, hey, NFL, uh, Roger Cadell, uh, no surprises there. Break their own rule again when it comes to Jameis Winston. Also, what we saw is, oh, Jameis Winston was just a stupid college kid when he showed some crab legs. Oh, Jameis Winston just uh, made some uh, bad decisions when he was accused of rape. Oh, I've been accused of rape, and let me grope a woman now. And even though I may or may not be paying her off because she's not filing any criminal charges, uh, the NFL apparently saw video or something to make them say, hey, uh, Jameson, you're suspended. It's official. So let's break this down. I think what we're seeing is more than a stupid college kid. We might be seeing somebody that's got a psychological problem. We might be seeing somebody that might even be a sexual predator, Ed. Yeah, I mean, we don't know any of those things, really. All we know is what he has done. And, uh, you know, like you said, when he was in college, and, you know, maybe people wrote it off as just being a stupid college kid. But, you know, I think anytime you're accused of rape, I mean, that that goes beyond just being a stupid college kid. Um, that's pretty pretty serious, obviously. And, I, I, you know, I know the Bucks took a chance picking Winston first overall back, I guess, three years ago now. Um, but that was a big red flag when he came out of – you know, he's coming out of Florida State was his conduct. And, you know, teams will take take these high risks on players, especially quarterbacks, and hope that, you know, they can kind of rehabilitate them or put them into an atmosphere where, uh, you know, they'll be uh, shielded from that kind of thing. And, you know, they trust the leadership in the locker room. But, uh, you know, in this case, it didn't pan out for Jameis. And, you know, he kept behaving uh, kind of like he did when he was in college by, grab, you know, allegedly grabbing this Uber driver and, uh, sort of assaulting her in whatever way he did. but uh, And now the Bucks are going to have to pay the price. Winston is suspended for three games. He could be looking at, you know, a longer suspension should he, you know, go off the, off the path again and do something else. I mean, there's going to obviously be a pretty close uh, watch on what he's doing off the field now, um, even closer than maybe what he had, you know, the scrutiny he had before this incident. So, uh, you know, he's really up against it, and the Bucks really have a decision to make if they want to keep going forward with Jameis Winston as their quarterback. I would assume they would because he was the number one pick in the draft. Uh, but you really have to start coming up with a, a pretty solid plan B if you're Tampa Bay. And I don't think uh, Fitzpatrick, their backup quarterback, who I think is like 35 years old, and, you know, he's playing for his 10th or 11th team now. I don't, I don't think he's a good plan B. So 
the Bucks really have to, you know, all of a sudden they have to start finding out what they can do and what they can be without Jameis Winston because if he doesn't straighten up his act, it's going to happen again, and the, and the punishment's going to be much more severe. Well, and that's my fear. I think, Ed, I think what we're going to see is that this is going to happen again. I, I hope I'm wrong. But when you start to see a yeah. pattern of things over a period of years, it, it's usually right. a uh, – the, the statistics don't lie. Numbers are, are, are what they are. Unless people change their behaviors, uh, the, the – I mean, it's, it's like the, 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 the uh, definition of insanity. Keep doing the same things over and over again, but yet expect different results. So unless he changes right. his behavior, I don't know that we're going to see any different results. Rick Riggin, I know we only got you for a brief time, but what are your thoughts, sir? Yeah, Ed, I just wanted to ask and maybe get your thoughts. Uh, you know, we saw what happened with Ray Rice when he knocked his wife out in the elevator as originally a two-game suspension. Jameis has a three-game suspension. Tom Brady got four games for a little bit less air in footballs. Do you think this is another issue maybe the NFL is dropping the ball on, basically, you know, with punishment? Because they don't really know how to handle the uh, the assaults just yet. Well, yeah, I think that this, it falls under the personal conduct policy of the NFL, and I, and I think that's kind of uh, what their ground rules are, is it's supposed to be a three-game suspension. Now, that I think came about because of the Ray, Run, Ray Rice incident. Now, you know, there was video of the Ray Rice thing. I think he got two games, right, Rick? And then after that video surfaced, yeah, then it two became, yeah, but then it, it became more, right? Again. I think it's, <laughs> right, exactly. You never saw, after that video came out. So there, there's, there's no video of Winston. Had there been, if there was video, if the Uber driver had, you know, some sort of a camera, you know, in, in her, uh, you know, radio or ashtray or whatever, or a cigarette lighter, if there had been a camera in there and videoed what happened, then sure, we would probably see Winston go away for a while too. But uh, that's what kind of led to the Ray Rice thing was uh, that uh, camera evidence of him, you know, punching his girlfriend in the elevator. Um, but I think it also led the NFL to say, okay, we have a personal conduct policy that's three games. Tom Brady getting four for the deflating the balls. I didn't, I, you know, I thought that was well above what he should have gotten. I mean, yeah, I think, you know, I think that probably was should have been three games, if anything, but that's a whole nother story. Um, you know, I think three games is kind of what the personal conduct policy is for the NFL. And that's what they deemed uh, Winston broke, broke the rule on. And, and, and Tom's right. You got to worry about, you know, future incidents with someone who becomes kind of a serial uh, abuser of, of the law of, of, of rules of society. We're talking with Ed Kratz, our official NFL contributor. Now, uh, Ed, uh, you know, in all fairness, there, there are other players that got suspended. I mean, you guys lost, uh, uh, right. I'm N- sorry, Nigel just, Bradham. just this week. From, uh, that's right. Nigel Bradham. Now, yeah, this, is a, this, this, is the, this is the same rule, personal NFL personal conduct violation, from something that happened in 2016 from an arrest that happened down in Miami Beach. First of all, what do we know about it? And the way I understand it is he's only suspended for preseason games. Um, so where's the difference in the same same rule break? You get three games, you get two games. Uh, yeah. Talk with us about that. Yeah, yeah that's a good question. I, you know, it, it's not the preseason game. Bradham was suspended for um, the season opener against the Atlanta Falcons, which, you know, that's the, okay. that's the kickoff for NFL weekend. You know, the Eagles being Super Bowl champs get the honor of playing the season opener. Uh, on that Thursday night, and it's going to be against the Falcons. 
uh, and Bradham will not participate in that. Uh, but it's only one game, and, I, and I'm really not sure. That just came down yesterday. Uh, and we all, you know, as, as reporters who cover the team, we kind of thought something would happen last year. Um, it seems strange, A, that it's only one game, and B, that it, it's been two years now uh, since this violation allegedly occurred of him. Uh, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with the incident, but apparently he struck a, a worker of a hotel uh, who was setting up a place mm-hmm. for them on the beach down in Miami. Um, and, and, you know, Bradham, after that, he tried, he, he brought a loaded gun onto an airplane. He tried to bring a loaded gun onto an airplane. He got, uh, you know, got for that. Uh, so he had a couple misconduct violations kind of within a span of about, uh, you know, two and a half months. He, he got that airplane, the, the, the loaded gun onto an airplane violation coming back to training camp in 2016, uh, which would have been in July. And in June was when he was accused. So really about a six week span, he, he kind of went off the uh, reservation, so to speak, and uh, had some conduct issues. And I don't know why it's only one game. It's a good question. It seems like that's kind of, you know, Roger Goodell, kind of whoever his uh, his punishment people are, that's what they deemed was necessary. And I don't know why, you know, I'm still kind of curious. And like I said, it just happened yesterday. I'm, I'm away. I'm on, you know, I'm down at the, uh, you know, down at the ocean here, uh, down at the beach. Um, so I haven't really had a chance to kind of dive too deep into it, but, uh, it'll be interesting to see what comes to light over these next couple of weeks, exactly why it was only one game and, you know, why two years later this comes, comes about. And if you're Nigel Bradham and you're the Eagles, you have to be pretty darn happy that it's only one game and that he'll be right back, uh, for the remaining 15 games of the year. Absolutely, and we'll see how that all pans out. You know, it seems that this week that the NFL was kind of uh, suspend happy, and the Colts didn't uh, miss the bullet either. Uh, Robert Turbin, uh, four games for PED, uh, performance enhancement uh, drugs uh, rule broken. Uh, Rick, go ahead. You can chime in anytime here on, on, on the Eagles uh, linebacker, Branham, uh, and uh, Robert Dermott, Turbin, I'm sorry, with the Colts. What are your thoughts? Well, he's jumping on PEDs, and Ed, do you think the suspension for Julian Edelman's going to hold up? I mean, he's going after the whole tampering with uh, his sample and using that same defense that Ryan Braun with the Milwaukee Brewers used, you know, a few years ago when this happened to him. Uh, I, I personally, I think he's guilty of something because if it's an unknown substance, I mean, but the NFL doesn't know what it is. Uh, he probably has to know what the substance is, and he's not saying what it is. I mean, he should just come out with it. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, you know, in the days after that suspension came to light, I think Edelman came out and issued an apology uh, for the suspension before he decided to fight it. Uh, he said, you know, in his initial apology that he would look into what he can do to fight it, and now all of a sudden he's going to uh, take this tack. So to me, if Edelman's coming out and apologizing, clearly he did something. Otherwise, he would have come right out and said, listen, I didn't do anything. I don't understand it. I, you know, but to me, he got lawyered up. He talked to some lawyers. He got some representation, and they said, let's try and fight this this way, and, and that's what he's doing. He's listening to his lawyer's advice, and if it gets overturned, I know it was with Brent, uh, Ben Braun, I believe, but you know, I don't think it's ever been successful in the NFL. I think when guys get busted, they get busted, and the NFL stands by that, and uh, I don't over. I don't see this being overturned. I just think Edelman's just trying to clear his name, and I think, frankly, he's just listening to what his representation is telling him that he can do because his first thought was, "I'm going to apologize," and he apologized. Why would you apologize for something you didn't do? All right, real quick. <laughs> I, yeah, well, I, that's I the, think the reason why he. 
yeah, I think the reason why he might be fighting it because you know it's 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 with the Patriots. We saw with the Plate Gate when Tom Brady fought the uh, the Plate of Footballs. It actually took a whole uh, another year before he had to uh, serve his suspension. So maybe they're going that same route. You know, if he fights it, maybe this is going to drag on. He could probably play this season and then serve his suspension the following season. Yeah, well, you know, we saw that with Lane Johnson in Philadelphia, the right tackle, when uh, he was caught for a second uh, time with PEDs and was facing a 10-game suspension back in, uh, uh, I guess, out of in 2016. He his his fight took him through the first, uh, I think it was three, maybe four games of that season, and the yeah, it was four games. Uh, Lane Johnson played in while he fought. Uh, and while he appealed uh, this second violation of the PEDs, and the Eagles were three and one with him out there, and they had a promising season going. Uh, and then when he got suspended, they of course, you know, went the opposite way, and they ended up seven and nine. That was Doug Peterson's first year. So yeah, you're right, Rick. This fight could take as long as a full season. Uh, you know, in Lane Johnson's case, this came to light in August during training camp. And it took four, you know, a month into the season before it was adjudicated. So Edelman's situation is a little bit different in terms of the timing. Uh, this has been known now for, what, I guess maybe a month, coming up on a month now, uh, since he was caught allegedly using PED. So uh, I would suspect that it will be adjudicated much quicker uh, than, uh, than a full season, and he'll end up serving some kind of uh, suspension as to when, whether it's you know, a month into the season or, or five weeks into the season, we'll see. We saw that with Zeke Elliott, right, last year, the Cowboys running back, how he fought. Uh, you know, that's the right. Was against yep. him, and, and and then it came kind of at a bad time. So, you know, if you're if you're a, po- a player, I know you want to clear your name, but sometimes you have to look at what's best for the team too. And is it best for Edelman to sit out the first four games of the season, uh, or do you want hit to have him go missing, you know, November first and have him sit for the month of November? I mean, really, uh, to me, I understand clearing the name, but I think you take your punishment, you, you do your time, and and then you come back and you try to be a better, you know, you try not to let it happen again. We're talking with Ed Kratz, official beat writer for the uh, NFL Philadelphia Eagles, official NFL contributor for us. There we go. I'll, I'll, I'll get it straight. As if there was any other Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> That's right. right. I was I was trying to I was trying to say our official NFL contributor and beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. My words just got all mixed up, so it's okay. I, I maybe I maybe I've had some of your moonshine, Rick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> a little too early for that. We'll talk just a little bit more about uh what came down this week. Uh obviously we talked going back to the Bucks. Uh the Bucks uh released a veteran offensive lineman, J.R. Sweezy. Now he's just coming back from a, a broken leg. You know, and I've heard other people talk about that that this week and over the last couple of days. A lot of people think that he's on his way to retirement, and that's unfortunate. What are your thoughts there, Ed? Well, it is unfortunate. Um, You know, he was the big free agent signing Tampa had, I think it was two years ago, uh, from the Seattle Seahawks. You know, I've heard that the Seahawks might get involved and try to see if he is still willing to play and maybe have a return to Seattle. You know, that Seattle offensive line is, uh, you know, a little bit underwhelming. Um, so to have him come back, if he's willing to play, if his knee is still sound or whatever that injury was, then, uh, you know, he potentially could go back to Seattle, but, uh, you know, Tampa took a chance on him. And again, it comes down to free agency. You know, you really have to be wary sometimes in free agency, you give these guys big money and then they don't pan out. And that was the case with, with Sweezy, J.R. Sweezy here. 
you know, Tampa thought for five years he would solidify uh, that guard spot, and it just didn't work out. I think the first year is when he had that injury uh, with the leg, or, or maybe it was the knee. I'm not sure, but I think his first year in Tampa after signing that deal was when he got hurt. Um, and then I think last year he didn't play as well as they had hoped. So, uh, you know, it's, a, it's again, it's another cautionary tale in free agency. You know, we all look forward to free agency and signing these big names, and they get lots of money, but sometimes they don't always pan out. And for Tampa and J.R. Sweezy, it didn't. Uh, and we'll see if he wants to keep playing. He's certainly young enough to keep playing. It's just a matter of whether his leg and his knee are sound and if he can find a landing spot. Well, we're getting closer to uh, uh, camps uh, opening up uh, in about a month or so, so we're getting closer. It is getting closer where we can say, hey, man, can we get a, an amen for football again? Talk with me a little bit about your quarterback. Uh, obviously, Carson Wentz is your quarterback, but Nick Foles is your Super Bowl champion quarterback. He's on a book tour. I saw him on uh, Fox or Friends this week. Great uh, interview, by the way, uh, by Carson Wentz. Talked about his faith in God and, and certainly uh, – the, the struggles that he's been through. One of the th- couple things that he was asked uh, was, are you okay with being the backup to Carson Wentz? He said, I'm okay with being with the Philadelphia Eagles. And if that's where I'm supposed to be, that's where I'm supposed to be. When they ask him, do you, would you take a job basically, or a quarterback job with another team? Again, he reiterated, I'm happy being a backup and doing what I can do for the Philadelphia Eagles. All, uh, expected answers but you're in that locker room you've talked to Carson Wentz you've talked to Nick Foles I know they're friends I know but business is business do you really think that Nick Foles is happy being a backup to Carson Wentz (laughs) it's a crazy situation I mean you could arguably make the case that Nick Foles is the best quarterback in Eagles franchise history uh and here he is he's a backup uh you know, obviously, Norm Van Brocklin back in 1960 when the Eagles won uh, an NFL championship would be in that conversation. But, you know, Nick Foles had that 27 touchdown, two interception season back in 2013, and then he becomes the Super Bowl MVP. Uh, and yet here he is. He, he's still warming the bench. Uh, earlier in the week, I went up to New York City. Uh, to, I was invited to the Sirius XM radio uh, facility up there, their studios, and uh, sat oh, awesome. in on a town hall with yeah, I sat in on a town hall with Nick Foles. He was interviewed. The moderator was Jim Miller, the former uh, NFL quarterback, spent most of his career with the Chicago Bears. Um, but he moderated it. But it was cool. It was a cool format because uh, there was about 30 serious XM radio subscribers in the studio, and they were able to ask questions, which was, was, was really neat uh, to have hear other people ask Nick questions. And, and one of those questions was, are you happy to be a backup? I mean, that's the popular question and Nick talked about having to humble himself to be a, be a backup because he loves to play he loves to be in the huddle and and he said these are things that every day he has to work on understanding his role as the backup so you know he talks about yeah I'm happy to be a Philadelphia Eagle and yeah he is he's in a good position if you read his book uh, believe it is the name of it he talks about what an effect it, what an impact it made on him emotionally when he got the call telling him he was traded uh, to the St. Louis Rams uh, back after that 2014 season. He was working out at the time. He was looking forward to becoming the Eagles quarterback for the next couple of years under Chip Kelly uh, and when the call came in. And he talks about that and how that impacted him. And, uh, you, you know, and, and that kind of led to some struggles that he had in St. Louis. You know, he wasn't quite understanding the offense. And he talked about all this you know, during this town hall. 
Uh, he wasn't quite understanding the St. Louis offense as quickly as he should, and that kind of surprised him because he's usually quick to pick things up. But he thinks it was because he was emotionally impacted because from that trade. You know, he said, I, I understand, yes, it's a business, but we're still human beings, and that kind of thing still impacts you. Uh, so, you know, you look at the struggles he had in St. Louis, which led to him being benched in that halfway through the season, and then he talked about quitting football after leaving the St. Louis Rams uh, when he was cut. Uh, he talked about quitting the game, and he, Andy Reid called him and talked to him and shared some of the struggles that Andy Reid had in his career, and he said he's like a father figure to me, Andy Reid, and uh, he was going to give up the game. He went fly fishing with his brother-in-law for three days. He spent in the wilderness, no phone service, nothing. And he kind of had an awakening. Yeah, football is where he wants to be. And when he came back from that trip, he talked to Andy Reid. And Andy Reid brought him to Kansas City as a backup to Alex, excuse me, Alex Smith. So now here he is again uh, after playing the best football of his life, back on the bench in favor of Carson Wentz. And Nick Foles is a competitor. He wants to play. He wants to be a starter. But he loves Carson Wentz. They have a great relationship, the two of them. He loves the Philadelphia Eagles organization. He loves living in Philadelphia. When he was a free agent before he decided to come back to Philadelphia when, when the Kansas City Chiefs released him, one of the other suitors was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, whose head coach is Dirk Cutter, who recruited Nick when Nick was uh, in high school, and Dirk Cutter was the head coach at Arizona State. And Nick committed to Dirk Cutter in Arizona State after his junior year. But then Dirk Cutter got fired, so Foles decided he didn't want to go to Arizona State anymore. But Dirk Cutter and the Bucks were definitely in the mix when Foles decided to come to Philly as a free agent because he knew Philadelphia. He knew people in Philly. He, he wanted to go to a place that he knew and didn't want to go to a place where he wasn't known. So, yeah, for now he's a backup. But now you look here, here at the Tampa Bay Bucks, and we talked about this earlier with Jameis Winston being suspended and Fitzpatrick now the quarterback. Would Dirk Cutter decide that he wants to trade for Nick Foles? Uh, and make him the starter, and maybe they can part ways with Jameis Winston. Uh, these are all things that are being talked about in Philadelphia right now. Could Nick Foles be on his way to Tampa at some point because of that relationship with Dirk Cutter? Uh, you know, that could happen. I think what it will depend on is how Carson Wentz does once training camp opens. Will that knee be sound enough to have him cleared for full contact? Right now, Wentz can do just about everything, but – uh, have full contact in practices and we're going to see if that's going to change you know once training camp begins on July 25th if it does then maybe Nick Foles becomes expendable and the Eagles grant him his wish the Eagles know what Nick Foles wants to do he wants to go be a quarterback a starting quarterback uh, and feel secure in that job that's what his goal is but right now yeah he is content to be a backup and I've talked to Nick about it and uh, you know as much as he talks about having to humble himself to be the backup he's prepared for it because he loves the organization and he likes Carson Wentz a bunch. So that's where he stands right now. But don't be surprised if something should happen uh, as we get deeper into the summer here regarding Nick Foles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Absolutely. Uh, Rick, I know you got to pop off here. Uh, before you go, though, uh, Ed, I know we're going to try real hard. Uh, Rick and I are trying real hard to get down there to Philadelphia uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles and the Colts game. Abby, so, uh, so we're excited about – we are we are very excited about that, and, and Ed has signed up to be our official uh, Philly tourist and uh, tour guide, if you will, and uh, he said he's going to – he said he's going to run the steps with us, Rick. 
<laughs> the Rocky step. I want to make up about eight steps. <laughs> well, listen, we, only have, we, only, we can only do that if we drink three raw eggs out of a out of a cup before we go up, right? We got to get a dozen <laughs> eggs, crack three in the glass, just like Rocky, and, and run up the steps. Oh my that'll, God. Give us, that'll give us exactly what we need to get up those steps. I would get halfway up and puke those eggs up. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of you guys will put on the black stock hat and make us chase chickens around? <laughs> I think they passed the city ordinance so after that movie that you couldn't do that in the streets anymore. Right. <laughs> A- absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and Mo, uh, and Mo from the BS Sports Show uh, said he might like to join us as well. So, uh, so it, it, might, it could be a very fun and interesting uh, uh, weekend uh, there in the city of brotherly love. So, uh, uh, Ed, your job is to keep us out of jail. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll see what so, I can do about that. I can't make any promises, but. Uh... <laughs> All right, Rick, we'll let you go. Uh, and uh, we Go ahead and go, Rick. That's fine. I just wanted to get one more thought from from Ed before we end uh, this segment. But uh, I'm going to try my best to be down there. I'll call you after the show, brother. Sure. You know, I was just going to say that uh, Ed stole my hot take about uh, Nick Foles and Dirt Cutter in Tampa Bay and the whole situation going on down there. But, you know, it, it, it's Ed. You know, he's always on top of his game. I knew he was going to do it when he started talking <laughs> about Nick Foles and, and Dirt Cutter in Arizona. And uh, I knew where it was going. I was like, man, he's he's all over it now. So, yeah, but uh, yeah. you guys have a Sorry about good, that, Rick. I, I know the, yeah, no worries, man. The, the, the fourth is uh, on Wednesday, obviously. But uh, you guys have a great holiday weekend. And, Tom, I, I hope you can make it down today. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, buddy. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Be safe, Rick. See you guys. Will do. Rick Riggin, uh, our official uh, executive producer here at The Balance, and uh, he's got his annual 4th of July party that is – Never lets you down. I'll, I'll put it I'll put it that way, Ed. It is lots of fun by all. Uh, leave the kids at home, though. I'll just say it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, so I appreciate you jumping on with us. I wanted to real quickly uh, talk with you about our new head coach here at Indianapolis, someone you're very familiar with, and that's Frank Reich. I don't know that we've really had a conversation uh, uh, with you about him. But he seems to be adjusting very, very well here. And I can tell you one thing, the media love him. He's, and he's been making all kinds of media appearances. He's been on TV shows. He's been on radio shows. Uh, he's been around town. He's been seen in restaurants. Uh, fans are posting pictures of him. Fans are saying how much they really like this guy, how genuine he is. His press conferences about Andrew Luck seem to be very real. Uh, Andrew Luck is now talking. He's throwing a football. He seems to be very, very confident. A lot of people like the way that he's been able to just step in from day one and out the gate and really take charge of this team that really needed some really good leadership going into the next season. We don't know where it's going to end up at. We don't know if we're going to be playoff in playoff contention. Um, but like he said to the press the other day, we're going to work through this. We're going to make mistakes, and we're going to get better from those mistakes. And we're going to make if we're not failing – then we're doing something wrong. So we're going to work through that. So help us get to know Frank Reich, the person, Frank Reich, the coach. I think that Jim Mercer made a good decision with Frank Reich. Yeah, well, listen, I love Frank Reich. You know, I got to know him pretty well uh, here in Philadelphia with Doug Peterson for two years. And um, I think, uh, think, uh, 
the, the Colts kind of lucked into getting him, right? I mean, he wasn't their first decision, but I, I really uh, – <laughs> No, he wasn't. Say. <laughs> no, I know. So I think they really the lucked name, out. The name will never getting... be – the name, the name will never be mentioned in this city ever again. <laughs> Go ahead. Right, right, right. <laughs> Right, or the team that the guy coaches for. Uh, but, uh, That's yeah, right. I, I know that team, right. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But, uh, anyway, so, yeah, I mean, I listen, I think he's a gentleman's gentleman, Frank, right? Uh, you know, and so much was made. I think one thing you have to remember about Frank is that he used to play the game. He was a backup quarterback uh, for the Buffalo Bills and Jim Kelly uh, for a very, very long time. And, to me, I think that's why Doug Peterson has had the success he had here in Philadelphia was because he was a backup quarterback to Brett Favre and Dan Marino and uh, played under some good coaches. And, uh, you know, same thing with Frank Reich. I, I think that goes a long way in an NFL locker room as players inside that locker room know that their coach played this game and played it at a high level. He was a quarterback. He had command of the offense. He had command of a locker room because of the position he played. Whether he was a backup or a starter, it doesn't matter. He, he played in the NFL as a quarterback. And Frank Reich, of course, authored that great comeback game uh, in the playoffs against the then Houston – or the, yeah, the Houston Oilers, I believe it was. Uh, so that goes a long way in an NFL locker room. And players know that the coach knows exactly what you're going through. Uh, and, and that's what the players talked about with Doug Peterson is Doug has a good feel for what goes on inside a locker room. He has a good feel – on how to run practices and how to motivate players and when to push and when to back off because he'd been, he's been through it. And not just for a year or two. Peterson was a backup for 12 years. Reich, I think, was a backup for 13 years. And that's a long NFL career regardless of you know, whether you're a starter or not. And I think that's one advantage that Frank brings to that locker room is those players know that. And on Frank's side of things, he knows what motivates them. He knows – how to get the most out of those players because he's been through it. He's been under coaches. He played under Marv Levy, uh, a great coach. So he, he understands what goes on in that locker room and he'll probably do like what Doug did. And that's put together a, a leadership council of players uh, with experience who uh, he can talk to on a daily basis and kind of gauge the temperature of a locker room and what's going on. And, you know, when you bring 53 personalities together in one locker room and 10 more, if you count the practice squad guys, so 63, different personalities, players from across the country into one locker room, it's not always going to click. It's not always going to work. The chemistry isn't going to always be there. But if you have a good feel for what's going on in that locker room, and as a former NFL player, Frank Reich will have that feel, that, that is immense. That is so valuable to have that. Uh, and I think that's what, what it'll be for Frank with the Indianapolis locker room is he'll have the temperature. Now, you're only going to be as good as your talent, uh, and, and, you know, he's going to have to work in conjunction with the GM to bring in players. I know the Colts still have some holes to fill. Uh, it all can't get done in one year. But, you know, the Indianapolis fans will have to have patience and know that I think that franchise is in good hands with Frank Reich. I know one thing that the Eagles and Doug Peterson will miss about Frank is Doug and Frank were the last two guys to sit together the night before a game. Uh, and Doug's talked about this and Frank's talked about this. And they bounced each other they bounced ideas off each other, plays off each other during the scripting uh, of the first 15 to 20 plays of every game. You know how teams like to have that script that they operate from uh, once the game begins. Uh, so during the week, that script would be put together. But at the very end, Doug and Frank would get together and they would sit there and they would go over each play and talk about how could they make it better? What can they do differently? And they would sit there for hours, the two of them, and go through that. 
and try to make that script as best as it can be. So I think, you know, Frank will be sorely missed here in Philadelphia. I think of all the losses that the Eagles have had, and you could say LeGarrette Blunt going to the Lions as a running back and Vinnie Curry going to Tampa or Bo Allen going to Tampa. Uh, yeah, they're big losses. But I think the biggest loss and the most under-the-radar loss is losing Frank Reich and that relationship he had with Doug uh, and, and the relationship Frank had with his players in that locker room. But that's something that he'll bring to Indianapolis and will help make him successful. Rand, we're looking forward to it. Do you think Frank Reich is going to be a good companion piece for Andrew Luck? Yeah, I absolutely do. And I think, you know, you can already kind of see it. You know, Andrew feels a little more confident. His shoulder, uh, you know, is, is hopefully going to stay healthy, and they're taking it slowly with him. But absolutely, I think, you know, and again, Luck knows that Frank Reich played that position in the NFL. He knows what it takes to be a quarterback in the NFL. And Luck is a smart guy. He went to Stanford, smart kid. He'll, he'll know, he'll understand where Frank's coming from. And I think that's going to be a tremendous uh, relationship. And that's, and again, that's one thing Frank does well is he builds relationships. He knows how to maintain relationships to build them. Uh, and, and I think that's going to be one of the keys to turning that Colts franchise back around is that relationship between him and Luck. And I, and I think it will develop. If, if Andrew can stay healthy, if that shoulder's good, then I, I, you know, I would think that in a, you know, a year, maybe this year, you never know. There are always surprise teams that come up and, and do well. Maybe the Colts will be that team this year. But if not this year, then be patient. And I think that dynamic will develop and the, and the Colts will fill some of the needs that they have. And, and they'll be one of the teams to compete. Because I think that division they're in is probably one of the toughest in the NFL now. Uh, you know, that AFC South, that's a, that's a darn good division. Uh, so the Colts need to do some work there to get kind of get back in the conversation of being the best team in that division. And I think Reich and Luck, that dynamic, will, uh, will, will, is a great launching point. Absolutely. Ed Kratz, I appreciate you joining us. Uh, calling us from uh, the beach down there in the Jersey Shores, I presume, is where you're at. Yep, yep, uh, and right. uh, enjoy your 4th fourth, fourth, fourth of July weekend. Uh, good to see your, uh, your Philadelphia Phillies in second place behind the Atlanta Braves, who would have thunked it only three games behind. And the Braves play yep. my Cardinals today. Uh, so, hey, root for the Cardinals there. So if they get a win there, you get a win over the it. Nationals. You could cut that to, two, to a two-game behind. You could end up in first place by midweek next week, so we'll see what happens with you, sir. Oof, boy, I'll tell you. That was, I mean, the, the Phillies were in first place for the first time. I, maybe a few weeks ago they edged in the first place for the first time since I think it was May 2011. So, you know, it's been a seven-year <laughs> run of futility for the Phillies in Philadelphia, but they seem to have things going in the right direction. And even though they took it on the chin last night to the Nationals 17-7, to uh, they're pretty good at bouncing back. I think that's one of their hallmarks is their resiliency. So, uh, but the Braves, man, the Braves are looking awfully good. Uh, they're, they're, they're hitting and they're pitching and they're bullpen. They, they seem to be a pretty well-rounded team. Um, but hopefully the Cardinals will have one thing. One thing yeah, one thing you can be assured about the Braves. Eventually, at some point in the season, the Braves are going to do what the Braves do, and that's just completely demolish and, and, and choke. So I, I, think you're, I think you're in good shape. <laughs> all right. uh, I think that, that – all right, uh, yeah, we can talk baseball, but I, I, I know. We've got to get going here. So. Uh, yeah, all right, buddy. You have yourself a good Fourth of July. Hey, Tom, thanks. Good, talk, good talking to you. Have, be safe, all right? All right, buddy. You too, man. All right. Yep, bye-bye. Ed Kratz.
Love having him on, man. Great friend of the show. Uh, uh, joining us and talking some NFL, and we we could get uh, sidewinded on 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 MLB and and whatever. But yeah, absolutely, uh, great conversation with him. But you know, really wanted to get his thoughts on Jamison Winston and some of these suspensions. And you know, one of the things that we talked about was you got a culture here that just sometimes it just it feels like. What's fair for the goose is not always fair for the gander, if you know what I mean. So we'll see, and we'll monitor that very well. I appreciate uh, Grant Ostef uh, jumping on with us as well. My name is Tom Mark Wassell, President. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, uh, we'll wrap it up and put a bow on it on today, Fourth of July weekend. Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike... You know, dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. 
Shop the Symbol Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. All right, my name is Sal Mark Lassell, President. Hey, welcome back, my minions, to the uh, final quarter or the final uh, moments of today's Fourth of July weekend uh, special, if you will. Uh, the, uh, the 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 balance. Appreciate Grant Ostiff joining us uh, for a little bit, talking about the NBA free agency. LeBron James and the Holy Trinity watches on, and uh, of course, we're talking about Leonard James. George all ended up in L.A. maybe for a super team. We don't know, but we're gonna find out. And we're so we're we're officially on at LeBron James Watch 2018. Also, thank you to Ed Kratz, our official NFL contributor, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, for USA Today, and Rick Riggin, uh, giving us a call, our executive producer, talking to us a little bit about the NFL suspensions, what's going on with Jamison Winston, and uh, some of the other suspensions, talking about uh, Nick Foles, talking about just overall NFL as we get ready for camps uh, opening up here in just a few short weeks. Uh, 917-889-8516 is my digits. Uh, if you want to... Um, uh, give us a call and, and talk about whatever's on your mind when it comes to sports. We've got a few minutes uh, left here uh, on the show. Uh, we've got a little bit late of a start today, so I do apologize that, that if you're listening to the podcast, that's why it's a little bit shorter. Uh, but uh, uh, And so next week we'll be back on a normal schedule. Next week, IndyCar is in Iowa. Uh, this week... Uh, Steve Wilson's on vacation, was unable to join us today, uh, but certainly uh, we don't want to forget that NASCAR is up in Chicagoland, and uh, so certainly uh, we'll be monitoring that on social media and, and, and so forth as well as the Xfinity race this afternoon at 3 o'clock up in Chicago. Uh, certainly Chicagoland Speedway, very fast track, uh, very fun track. So we did not forget about racing today. We just had a lot uh, going on our plate, if you will. Uh, and that reminds me with my uh, NASCAR fantasy, I have got to get back on top of that. I have, I have totally dropped the bomb on NASCAR fantasy. So I'll get all of that fixed here today, here directly uh, as well. I hope everyone has a good 4th of July. Remember, you know, stay safe. Stay, stay out of jail. Don't light fireworks in places that you shouldn't be lighting fireworks. You know, you know the drill. You know the drill. Don't blow something up. Don't blow something off. <laughs> Don't blow your manhood off. <laughs> Make sure you're following us on our social media at T Balance uh, on Facebook. Just uh, find us the Balance Hit 
uh, follow, if you will, and tell us that you like us uh, as well. And uh, so uh, Mo from the BS Sports Show is unable to join us today. He'll be back with us ne- next week. So we, we've got a lot uh, a lot coming up here, and we're really excited to be a part of it. My name is Saul Marquis, El Presidente. We'll be talking with you again soon. My name is uh, – and remember – Stay safe this weekend. Don't drink and drive it in cool. I'm out of here. Deuces. Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.